business. Thanks for coming out tonight. I wrote me a manual, a step-by-step booklet for you to get. Now I make money moves. What up, what up, what up, guys? Welcome back to the Fitness Times Business Podcast, the show created to provide you with the practical and strategic advice to help you level up in fitness, business, your career, your relationships, and your life. My name is Joseph Metzel. I am your host, back with another segment of Your Four. I'm joined by Caleb. Caleb, what's going on, man? Oh, you know, just the usual, living life, loving it. <laughs> Another day in paradise. Exactly, yeah. Good, man, good. Hey, Caleb, a um, couple of things before we uh, dive into these four questions. Uh, firstly, the first, uh, the first, I'm going to say first episode, the first Your Four segment that we recorded a couple of weeks ago was super, super popular. Um, so thank you to all of you who tuned in and enjoyed the show and particularly shared the show because uh, that is the one thing that we ask from you guys. If you, uh, if you listen, if you get some value, if you have a laugh, if you're entertained, uh, just share the show, uh, particularly in your Instagram story and tag myself at Joseph Mencel and tag Caleb at Caleb. F-I-E-G-E-R-T. You got to spell that for yeah, him, man. Yeah, you got to spell it. I saw yeah. some false tags come through. Oh, so okay. we're going to make sure. All right. Uh, so that's the first thing. The second thing is uh, it's it's MJ Challenge time, Caleb. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. MJ Challenge, and you guys know that uh, you know we we don't run shows, uh, we don't run ads on this show, should I say? Uh, but. Every now and again, we've got something that we need to tell you guys about, and uh, it's one of those times, and that is, of course, the MJ Challenge Season 7. Registrations are open right now, uh, and uh, we're looking to have our biggest season ever. For for those of you who are unfamiliar with the MJ Challenge, Caleb, it's 10 weeks. 10 weeks to improve your body, improve your life. Uh, It's 10 weeks of customized meal plans, diet plans, workout programs, supplement regimes, motivational guides, support through the exclusive Facebook group. Uh, it is an, it's, it's pretty much, to be honest, probably the most valuable thing that we do in the Massive Joe's business. Yeah, 100%, man. Yeah. Yeah. And we've seen, uh, you know, from the first six seasons, this is going to be season number seven, we've seen some incredible transformations. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, huge weight losses, incredible uh, gains of muscle over just the 10 weeks. And then, you know, the skills that these challenges have learned in that 10 weeks through the guidance that we provide, they're then able to apply to wherever they want to go with their fitness uh, from from there onwards. So uh, we're super excited. Registrations are now open, guys. If you want to learn more, I, I almost forgot to say, it's less than 10 bucks a week. Oh, yeah, yeah dude. The yeah. value is incredible, man. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like literally, it's, it's less than 100 bucks for the 10 weeks and you would normally play pay probably three or four times that just for a workout program yeah true. Uh, you know we're providing the workouts the diets the supplementation fucking everything just everything gets me <laughs> pumped up talking yeah. about it uh, guys if you want more info if you want to learn some more info if you want to register massivejoeschallenge.com uh, is where you need to go uh, phonetically spelled massivejoeschallenge.com go check it out uh, and registration closes I think on the 13th of Feb We've got a couple yeah, of weeks in couple there. Of weeks Probably in less there, than yeah. a couple of weeks now. So make sure you check it out. All right, Caleb. 
I introduced you uh, in the last Your Four segment uh, and gave you a little bit of a rundown. But, uh, you know, I think that we should probably uh, take a little bit more of a, a deep dive into uh, what you're doing on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Look. <laughs> Why you've been called up to, uh, to kind of uh, be, be a co-host in this Your Four segment. Yeah, well, look, man, recently I've just, I guess I've come out with the feeling of that I just want to wear my heart on my sleeve. And, and, and in doing so, um, I began sharing some experiences and, and I guess stories in my life that were, I guess, places of quite deep vulnerability. Mm. Um, because I started to come to the realization that it wasn't just me who, you know, has experienced these difficulties or these failures or these moments where I've grown and so forth. In fact, it really is comes down to everybody. Um, and so all of a sudden I realized, you know, hey, if I feel like this, then maybe everyone else also feels like this. Um, and so I really wanted to, I guess, cultivate a relationship with, with the listeners here and, and to bring hope to people, some people who may, necess- may, may feel alone in certain areas of their life to, you know, I want to open up and let them know that they're not alone and that, you know, that what they're struggling through that many of us actually struggle through on a day-to-day basis. And so, yeah, I, I think that's part of the reason why I decided, you know, to take the opportunity to jump on here. That's why you put your hand up. Said, throw, throw me in, coach. Yeah, and you know, this is a moment where I'm still, you know, going into the deep end as well. And I think that's, you know, of course, or like an awesome and cool experience in itself. Yeah, it's very cool, man. And, you know, that's the really the the kind of value that we add through this particular piece of content. We produce a lot of content in, in the Massive Joe's business, videos, written articles, uh, all sorts of shit. But this particular piece of content, this particular podcast is a personal development podcast, right? So through sharing our own life, experiences we're able to resonate with you guys the listeners the viewers provide you with real life practical and strategic advice on how to deal with some difficult shit you know so that's what we're here doing we've got four questions let's dive in all right man first question the harder i work the more i get used by my boss how do i know when i'm giving too much I love this question. I think it's uh, it, obviously it's being asked by an employee, um, you know, somebody who is is working for for someone else's business or working within a business that is not their own. And this is a situation that I have uh, a fair bit of personal experience with, um, you know, through employees and managers that I worked with over the years. I think you know the first thing to to kind of acknowledge is what makes you feel like you're being used by your boss, right? So that like the first thing, the harder I work, the more I get used by my boss. What, what is causing you to feel like you're being used or you're being taken advantage of? You know, are you working more hours than you'd like to work? Do you think you should be being paid more than what you're currently being paid? Uh, do you feel like you're worthy of more responsibility and perhaps, you know, you just feel like your boss is just giving you the shit kicker jobs and you're not getting that extra level of responsibility? I think that's the first thing to kind of really drill down into and, and, and get some clarity on. And once you have some clarity on that, it's really important to lean into that vulnerability and have a conversation with your boss about it. Right. So often, you know, so many of these different workplace uh, uh, concerns are 
often kind of, you know, uh, built into mountains out of molehills when they could be neutralized in the first instance by getting a little bit of clarity and having the uncomfortable conversation, having the vulnerable conversation, you know, saying, hey, um, you know, Joe, I really want to have a meeting with you. You know, I, 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 I'd like to discuss something with you. Make the time, sit down, be open, be honest, make sure you have clarity before you go into that meeting and really kind of figure out, you know, is what you – is what are the assumptions that you're making true? Because often your boss may not even know how you're feeling, right? If you don't communicate it, how how do you expect your boss to know? You know, they could they could have a completely different perception of the situation than what you have. And, you know, the best way to kind of cut through that is to is is to communicate that. Yeah, look, man, um, I have to agree quite similarly there. Um, I think it is kind of, first off, knowing your intention as well. Like, why do you feel that you're working hard and why are you working hard? You know, if you feel like you're the harder you work, you, you, that means you, you must feel like that you are working really hard. So why are you working hard? Have you, has your boss asked you to do this or are, are you just doing this in general? And also, like, what, what are you expecting from it? Are you working hard and expecting for your boss sometimes to praise you and reward you? Is that why you're working hard? I think then you actually fail the whole reason for why you should be working hard in the first place. Well, you know, everybody has their own their own motivations, right? Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, it's a good point as well. You know, like, the, you know, you, the harder I work, the more I get used by my boss. Well, how are you quantifying how hard you're working, right? Because you're, once again, it comes down to perception, man. Like you're perception of of kind of working harder and harder and harder you may think that that that's actually happening but your boss may go you know what i'm not seeing what you're seeing i don't think you're working hard at all <laughs> i feel like you're just in fucking cruise control you know but this is why this communication it, you know i see it so many times in the workplace Caleb and i think you know one of the things that i'm uh, super proud of in uh, in in this business is I feel like we've cultivated a culture where communication is always sought, you know, and it's never kind of uh, you know nothing swept under the carpet. It's like if you you know if you if you want to talk about something, let's have the discussion. No discussion is too uncomfortable. No discussion is too vulnerable. No discussion is off the cards. Let's talk about it. So many of these sorts of situations can be really kind of just knocked on the head just by fucking talking about it, you know, and, and, and not avoiding the difficult conversation because it's uncomfortable, not avoiding the vulnerable conversation because it's vulnerable. Have the fucking conversation, right? And you can cut through so much of these, you know, uh, abrasive perceptions or perceptions that are mismatched between different employees, between bosses and managers, between managers and team members, between anybody within an organization. Let's fucking talk about it. And look, I think that's really um, important as well. And I think it's really good because, you know, we usually have our like catch up once a month and that's a really good time where we can actually talk about those things. Because like if, you know, I'm going to be, you know, real open a lot of sometimes I'm working hard, you know what I mean? And I've got this voice in my head that's telling me, you know, that you're demanding more and more of me. And that's just, you know, the reality is that's not the truth. And I think, you know, that's, that's really important is you actually need to silence that voice in your head by having the conversations with your boss in the first place. Mm. Definitely. I think just one thing to kind of close this off as well is that last part of this question, you know, how do I know when I'm giving too much, right? So, you know, let's, we address the, the, the perception of hardworking and, and being used and, you know, we talk about that and we, we knock that nail on the head. 
the other part of this question is how do I know when I'm giving too much? I think that it's really personal um, when you start talking about, you know, things like work-life balance, um, you know, and, and, and for most people, I think, you know, the general advice here is, you know, you're giving too much to your work when your work life starts negatively affecting other areas of your life that are equally or more important to you. And I think that that applies regardless of how hard you think you're working or, you know, whether or not you think your boss or your manager is taking advantage of you or using you or, you know, however you want to articulate that. When your work life starts to negatively interfere with other areas of your life that are equally or more important to you than your work life, that's probably when you need to do a little bit of self-check and go, you know what, I need to kind of reshuffle, uh, you know, what's happening in my life here. Next question. Next question. All right. Ooh, bit of a doozy. Big one here, actually. <laughs> I'm currently at a point in my life where I'm starting to implement better habits for the sake of self-improvement and leveling up in life. I also want to find a partner that I can hopefully spend my life together and grow with. How do you balance the two? Is it possible to work on yourself whilst introducing someone new into your life? The short answer is yes. Short answer is, yeah, you can do both at the same time. Uh, long answer is, why would you want to? Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's right? good. Yeah. Long answer is, it comes down to your priorities. My personal opinion on this is working on yourself in the first instance and, you know, devoting your time and your effort to, you know, do all these things, you know, implementing bigger habits, working on your self-improvement, working on leveling up, whatever that looks like for you in your own personal development space. The first thing that that's going to do by focusing on that before you go and try and focus on attracting the right life partner and the, the right life relationship is it's going to give you a lot more clarity on who you're trying to become. The second thing it's going to do is it's going to give you much more clarity on what you actually want in a life partner and what you want in a life relationship. And that ties into the first part, right? If you know who you're trying to become, if you know in five years, I want to be this sort of person, in 10 years, this sort of person, 20 years, you know, this is the person that I'm trying to grow into. This is the person who I'm trying to develop into. You're also going to get a lot more clarity around what a life partner looks like to you, right? In 5, 10, 15, 20, for the rest of your life. And you're also going to have a lot more clarity on what that relationship looks like to you right? What sort of life partner relationship do you want? If you don't have clarity around who you're trying to become, how the fuck are you ever going to know what your life partner looks like and what that relationship looks like to you? The third thing it's going to do is it's actually going to help attract that life partner and it's going to help attract that life relationship. You know, some people call it the law of attraction. Some people call it um, synchronicity. That's what I call it personally. When you have this sort of clarity, the universe starts to give you what you're seeking. But if you don't know what you're seeking, the universe doesn't know what the fuck to give you. So that's kind of how I think about it. And that's why my default position is, you know what? Take the time to work on yourself. Take the time to implement those habits, to, to work on your personal development, to, to seek that clarity. There's no rush, you know? What are your thoughts? 
Look, my thoughts are quite similar. Like my first question I always kind of ask with that one is like, have you truly worked on yourself to a point that you can actually love yourself? Because I believe it's very important that you can love yourself in order to love others. Um, And then I also ask the question though, have you dealt with past relationships? When you actually, you know, now, okay, so you want to get into a relationship, but have you actually looked past those relationships you've currently been in before? Mm -hmm. And do you hold any kind of bitterness and resentment towards them? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I believe also that unless you can let go of all of that in in the midst of working on yourself, that you won't be able to, you know, this person wants to live in in like a fruitful, you know, purposeful relationship. That's what he wants, a relationship they can grow and be in forever. So I think those are very important things. Then I actually think it's a matter of also analyzing what current relationships you have, what they look like as well, you know, because if you're wanting to have a relationship, you know what I mean, and you talk, you know, with the clarity and, you know, you want clarity about what relationship you have, what you want in the future, what current relationships do you have? Um, because in the, in, the, in the reality is what your relationships look like now is going to depict what your relationships are going to look like in the future as well. Um, on top of that, I think it's just important to maximize your singleness, as you said. You know, work on yourself as much as you can when you're single. And, and you yeah. know, it's, it, it, it's funny, man, because I see this so often and like I've been guilty of it myself when I was younger. You know, I'm a little bit older now, a little bit wiser. I've had a lot of uh, personal relationship experience. But, I, you know, I see a lot of people one of two things, right? The first thing is when it comes to personal relationships, right? When it comes to romantic relationships, a lot of people are so fucking afraid of being alone that they will rush into a relationship just so it avoids them confronting the situation of being alone. I see that a lot. I'm like, you just ended that relationship. You haven't done any work on yourself and you're in another relationship straight away. Well, what the fuck's going on? Well, it's because, you know, I don't, I don't like being alone. That's the first fear that kind of drives people to make yeah. misinformed, for lack of a better term, decisions about life partners and romantic relationships, personal relationships. The second thing is this time pressure that people think society is putting on them. You know, by the time you're... 30, you got to be married. By the time you're 35, you got to have kids. But, you know, all that that kind of narrative, right? There's like this fucking clock that's ticking that, you know, forces people to make, once again, misinformed decisions about personal relationships. Both of those things, it's really important to be able to kind of pull yourself out of the bubble of that, right? It's really important to understand that your fear of being alone uh, for a lot of people is is uh, uh, tied to a fear of self-analysis. It's like if I'm alone and I actually need to start working on myself, perhaps I'm going to find some shit that I don't want to find. You know, perhaps I'm going to uncover some vulnerabilities that are going to make me really uncomfortable and I don't want to put myself in that position. And then the second thing, this societal pressure of, you know, where I'm supposed to be at different points in my life is this fear of other people's opinions, right? It's, you know, what's my, what are my parents going to say? What are my grandparents going to say? What's my brother or sister going to say? What are my friends, you know, all of this fucking bullshit around other people's opinions, which, you know, in the end, don't make a fucking difference to your life, right? They don't make a difference. Other people's opinions are just that. They're other people's opinions. I, you know, both of these things, I think, are, are really kind of 
m- define the underlying issues with, uh, you know, people not wanting to spend the time that they need to do those three things, to seek clarity on who they want to become, to seek clarity on what a life partner and life relationships looks like, and then to give the universe time to actually give them what yeah. they're looking for. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, 100%, man. Like I, I think too, when, the, when you find that clarity, what you want in a partner, it's going to become a lot easier too. Because I think a lot, a lot of issues, and this was one that, you know what, I very first came out of a relationship was most people, their opinions was, oh, you should just go back out into the dating game. You should just go and start jumping on Tinder and things like that. And I was like, well, no, hold on. I really want to find the right person for me. And I'm not going to find that by, by searching for those kind of things. You're not. Listen, man, I, you know, I was engaged for the first time when I was 26. I think I was 20, maybe 25, 26. Um, you know, I was engaged to my high school sweetheart, you know, we kind of grew up together, teenage love affair, that sort of thing. That was uh, societal pressure, right? That was, we were together. I think we were together since we were like, 15 or 16. So we'd been together like 10 years. It was like, it's time to get engaged. It's time to get married. That was the other people's opinions, right? That engagement didn't work out because I got to a point where it was like, well, this is actually not what I fucking want, right? So I made that mistake. So I'm talking from personal experience around yeah. the other people's opinions, right? Mm-hmm. I got to a point where it was like, no, I'm, I, I, I can't let the pressure of society and I can't let the pressure of other people's opinions dictate what I do with my life. Yeah, 100%. You know, dictate my happiness. Yeah. I've obviously been married and divorced, right? So then my, my second serious relationship uh, was a situation where looking back on it, to be honest, it wasn't a relationship I rushed into, but in between my first engagement and then getting married, I didn't do the work I needed to do on myself. You know, this, that's this question. I didn't seek the clarity on who I was trying to become. I didn't have the clarity on what a life partner looked like to me. I had a bit of an idea, of course, but I didn't do the real work, right? So I got married, married the wrong person, divorced, and then luckily for me, fool me once, fool me twice, <laughs> right? I made some pretty big mistakes in my personal life and I got to a point where I was like, no, you know what? Now I'm going to do the fucking work. Right? I'm going to have the uncomfortable conversations. I'm going to lean into the vulnerabilities. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to get this clarity on who I'm trying to become. I'm going to get this clarity on exactly what I want in a life partner. I'm going to get this clarity on exactly what a life relationship looks like to me. And once I got that clarity, guess what happened? Boom, it just all like clicked together, right? It, it all clicked, man. The synchronicity was fucking mind-blowing. Like literally mind-blowing. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool, man. Uh, I think, you know, doing the work as well is like, don't be afraid to like go into like things like for me personally, I'm reading books specifically about relationship goals, what it means, what marriage means and things like that. Don't be afraid to lean into that kind of vulnerability and really just expose yourself to things that you would never expose yourself to. 100% man. Next question. All right. How do you deal with coworkers who you formed a friendship with outside of the work environment, but now that friendship has become toxic? (laughs) <laughs> my, uh, my, it's funny because I have two responses to this question. Um, my first response is, uh, you know, the, the, uh, 
hard-headed business owner is don't bring that shit into the workplace. <laughs> That's my first response. You better take care of your fucking personal shit and don't bring that into the workplace or we're going to have some fucking problems here. My second response is, all right, you know, let's approach this situation with a little bit more empathy. And this is, the, you know, that this has happened actually a couple of times within um, the Massive Joe's business where we, you know, people have developed friendships in the workplace. They didn't know each other until they started working here. They became really good friends. They've had some run-ins and now they don't like each other, but they still work in the same business. So, you know, I've, I've seen this a couple of times and... You know, I think the first thing is, can the the disagreement or can the toxicity be neutralized for the sake of both of your jobs? Because the fact of the matter is, if you bring the toxicity into the workplace, there's going to become a point where the manager or the business owner or whoever you direct report to is going to have to make a decision because that sort of toxicity is terrible for culture. It's terrible for the for the feeling of community within a business. And if you don't knock it out very quickly, it will spread like a virus and infect the entire company culture. So the first question to ask is, look, you know, we, you know, we, we've had this disagreement. We've got this thing that we're banging heads against. Is it possible for us to, to put it behind us for the sake of us both keeping our jobs? That's really, you know, kind of where I go to, um, you know, for this question. And, and look, I, I see it very similar, to be honest, man. Um, for me, I'm like, if if it's possible, it's a matter of almost, conf you know, confronting that person who's bringing on that kind of toxic, you know, environment. Um, but not in a place of like, I'm going to confront them and attack them kind of thing. No, of course um, not. But more of like humbling yourself to their level. Um, so for example, you know, they might be upset with something that you've said or done and you, you're not aware of it. And now even to the point if that if you've said or done something to them and you like, well, actually, really, you shouldn't be offended by that in the first place, that's that's not that's not the point. The point is actually to humble yourself at that level and, and to say, look, man, I'm sorry if that's upset you. Then it's up for them to forgive you. Um, and then you also have to forgive them for holding that grudge against you no matter what it looks like. And then I think to meet it with kindness. If they're going to still be harsh to you, no matter what you do, be kind. Because no matter what, when you're kind to someone that's not kind to you, you heap coals on their head. They actually will feel bad. And I've actually read of stories of people who have been so horrible to people and then they've just continuously shown them kindness to a point where that other person has just broken down and said, why? Why do you continue to be so kind to me yet I'm so horrible to you? You know what I mean? Um, so that, yeah, definitely kindness is very important. Meeting them at their level and then, you know, coming to them and you're saying, look, if we can't find a resolution to this problem, we're going to have to seek a higher authority like the boss and they're going to have to come to that. But, you know, my, my hope is that you can come to that resolution by yourselves and it doesn't have to go that far in the first place. It's always the better situation because if, if it has to kick up to your boss or your manager, they're going to be pissed that they have to deal with it. Like straight up, you know, like it's, it's, this is your personal life. You've, you've decided to develop this personal relationship. No one asked you to develop this personal relationship. You haven't handled your shit. And now I'm having to handle your shit for you. So, you know, any boss is going to be pissed off that they have to deal with that situation. So trying to neutralize it before it has to get kicked up is definitely, you know, a, a wise move. 
You know, so much of this, it's interesting, these questions we've had today, because so many of these situations can be resolved by having the hard conversation. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and the thing with the hard conversation, Caleb, is the harder you delay the conversation, the harder the conversation becomes. If you can just knock it on its head straight away and go, you know what, this, this, I, I need to deal with this. I can't kick this can down the road. I can't delay this any longer because then they're going to build this story in their head. You're going to build this story in your head. The mountain, the molehill becomes a mountain. It gets built up into this big fucking snowball effect. And you could have just dealt with it had you confronted and had the hard conversation in the first instance. You know, so much of that just kind of comes back to this. Have the courage to have the hard conversation. It's never as hard as you think it is either. No, mm -hmm. 100%. It's always harder in our head, to be honest. For sure. Yeah. Last question. Last question. All right. What is the best way to ask for a salary increase once you have earned it? I love this question. This is a good one. This is something that uh, I deal with all the time <laughs> and will con we'll continue to do with. Um, look, the, the short answer to this question is to ask. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, what is the best way to ask? Just fucking ask. Um, you know, I, uh, I, my personal strategy around this, um, and this is something that I've developed over, well, how long have I been running business for now? Coming up to 17 years, um, you know, from, from very grassroots level of business. And the way that I used to approach this situation, uh, was far different to how I approach it now. Um, but I think, I think most business owners or, you know, most uh, bosses, anybody who has the authority to, to, to um, increase your salary, increase your wage, are going to look at three things to justify an increase in your salary or an increase in your wage. And understanding what these three things are will allow you to come prepared to a meeting with your boss or with the business owner to ask this question, right? So you have to ask for it, but you also have to come prepared knowing what's going to be, you know, what, what, what uh, criteria you're going to be measured against. I will say before I get into what the three things are, the first thing is never how long you've been working in the business. Yeah. Right. I think, you know, if you, and there are still businesses that operate like this, right? You've been here for five years, you should get a pay increase. You've been here for six years, you should get a wage increase. I mean, those businesses are, uh, you know, unless, unless they're government-based businesses, uh, let's just call it for what it is, those businesses are setting themselves up for destruction. Um, it, it's never based on how long you've been around. It's based on how good of a job you do, right? So if you've been around for five years and during that five years, you've leveled up every single year, well, you probably have had a wage increase every single year for five years and now you're at five years and now it's time for another one because you're fucking killing the game. But if you've just been hanging around for five years, pushing papers, spinning your wheels, going through the motions, don't ask for a fucking wage increase. Like for real, for real. All right, the three things. The first thing is have your skills or your responsibility increased. So have you developed more skills since your, since your last wage increase, right? Have you gotten better at what you do, have, have your skills developed or have you taken on more responsibility, right? Are you doing more for the business or are you responsible for more people than you were as a manager, right? Have your skills increased? Have you taken on more responsibility? That's the first gate, the first criteria 
that you have to be prepared to go, you know what, I'm much better than I was 12 months ago when, you know, my last wage increase was, or I'm responsible for a lot more now than I was 12 months ago, six months ago, whatever the situation is. The second thing is, are you saving the business money or are you generating more income for the business? And what this is about is this is, this is effectively contributing to business profit, profitability. So have you helped the business grow? Yeah. Right? That's the yep. second thing. Yep. You know, because you may have developed skills, but they're not really valuable to your position. You may have taken on more responsibility, but you've actually fucked that responsibility up and now you're costing the business more money. So the skills and responsibility is the first step. The second step is, are you actually contributing to the growth of the business, to the increase in profitability of the business? You can do that one of two ways. You're either saving the business money, depending on what role you're in within a particular business, or you're generating the business more income. You're You're helping the business generate more sales. That's the second criteria. The third criteria is, can the business actually afford it, right? And that's particularly, you know, if you go through those, if you tick the first one and you tick the second one, the chances are the third one's going to be ticked as well, right? But you got to remember, especially now, it's super timely because we're in the middle of a fucking pandemic, right? And a lot of businesses, this is the toughest business conditions that they've ever been in, right? So you may tick those first two boxes, but the business may not be in a position to, to grant a, a salary increase, right? To grant a wage increase. The business could be bleeding money because of the government restrictions, because of um, supply shortages, because of, you know, whatever the situation is, may not be able to, you know, give you a wage increase. Even though you tick those first two and you've arguably earned it, if the business is not in a position to actually increase your wage or increase your salary, you have to be empathetic to that as well. Yeah. You have to go, you know what? Times are fucking tough right now. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm going to keep chipping away. Better days are coming and everything's going to be just fine. Yeah. Yeah, look, what you pretty much just said, I kind of just put it down to one thing with me personally yeah. is I go, what have I done with the things that have given to, been given to me currently? You know what I mean? The way I look at it is I go, man, this, this, this person, this boss here, they've trusted me with these kind of things. What have I done with them? You know, have I come back and have I just given him the same stuff or have I come back and all the work that I've done, have I, you know, I've even given more than what he's given me. And then I even look at it as like, okay, so I've, you know, improved my skills and, and the work that I've done, I've multiplied what was, you know, I guess, um, wanted from me in the first place. Um, but then I also look at, but what else can I do in the future as well? You know, you, you want to come with that kind of mindset and mind of, of thinking about the company's growth in the future as well and not just what it's going to look like for you. Um, I think that's, that's really important. Of course, I think just starting with the, how you ask for it, it is expect, you know, going through those difficult conversations. You need to have them and you need to, I guess, get used to them more, <laughs> even though they're always going to be difficult and uncomfortable. Mm. And I even think it's important to cultivate some form of relationship with your boss so that you're able to have those conversations, so that you're able to lean into those levels of vulnerability so that you guys can again meet each other at some kind of, you know, level of sympathy with each other. Definitely. 
I, you know, I, I tend to err on the fact that, that, that that's the boss's responsibility <laughs> to be able to do that. But, you know, definitely like it's something that, that, that uh, you know, you, you can control as well as developing that relationship where you can have those sorts of open and honest and sometimes difficult conversations. I think, you know, I like the way this question is worded as well because it says, what is the best way to ask for a salary increase once you have earned it? So they know that you like you've got to yeah. you got to earn that shit, man. Oh yeah. You know, like you I've had so many of these conversations in the past where, you know, I I didn't have the experience that I have now. And I would have these conversations and it would be, you know what? It, it'd be the time thing, right? Like I've been here five years, you know, um, I I it's not I've earned a wage increase, I deserve a pay increase, <laughs> you know? And once upon a time, I would have said, yep, cool, done. You know, where, where are we going? You got to earn that shit, man. You, you, you have to be ticking these boxes. You have to take note of these three things. And when you have that conversation with, with your boss or whoever has the authority to, to increase your wage or increase your pay, you have to come prepared to go, you know what? These are the skills or responsibilities that I've taken on that I've improved on that I've increased. This is how I have contributed to the growth and the profitability of the company. And I appreciate that the business is in a position where I'm going to ask for this. And I know that the business, what I think that the business is in a position to be able to grant it. And, you know, I, I think that's the best way to kind of go about it. Yeah. I think like the best way even true is like, if someone came, came with that kind of intention and was all like, okay, I've been here for five years. The best way to just kick yourself out of that mindset straight away is to be like, what have I done in these five years? Yeah. For real. Yeah. Because, man, I've had employees in the past. They've been <laughs> around for a whole lot of fucking time. They haven't done a whole lot. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, it, 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 it's contribution. Like, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, 100%. That's it. That's it. That's all Ooh. four questions. Caleb, thank you very much. Guys, hope you have uh, enjoyed this episode. Um, we're getting a lot of like personal development type questions. I like it. I like keep, it. Them, keep them coming. <laughs> where, are we, uh, where are we sending these questions? I've been getting them from everywhere, to be honest. Yeah, look, we can keep sending them to your DM. Um, I'm, I'm happy to take questions as well in my DM. So at Caleb.Fegert. So I'll spell it out. C-A-L-E-B dot F-I-E-G-E-R-T. And yeah, Instagram would be the best way to hit me up. Yeah, I think that's the best way, guys. Just shoot us a DM. Um, you know, let us know that it's a question for for your four. Um, because if it's not, we might just write back straight away. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, yeah no, no, that's no. true. That's a good point. I meant yeah. that was for the next the next uh, the next podcast. So let us know it's a question for your four. And Caleb um, collates them and he picks the the four best. Uh, and we've got quite a collection already, but we'll just keep adding to them and we'll keep uh, we'll yeah. keep chipping away uh, in this uh, your four segment of the Fitness Times Business Podcast. Caleb, thank you so much. Pleasure. Guys, you could have been anywhere in the world right now, but you're here with us. We appreciate that. Until next time, we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Fitness Times Business Podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. And if you enjoyed this episode and took some value from it, make sure you share it with your friends, your family, and your followers. And if you haven't yet, be sure to leave us a five-star rating.